Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is September 9th, 2021, and our first story... Joe Biden is set to impose new federal vaccine mandates and policies to pressure private businesses to implement their own vaccine mandates. We knew this was coming. We'll see how bad it really gets. In our next story, an Australian health official accidentally said that we're in the new world order. And fact checkers are frantic to try and debunk this one. But I I do think it's kind of funny. And in our last story, Howard Stern says, F their freedom. I want the freedom to live. How did someone so edgy and anti-establishment become a corporate shell? Now, if you like this show, please give us a good review and leave us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. That's the best way to help. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Biden is set to impose new federal vaccine mandates today as well as implement policies to apply pressure to private businesses across the country to implement themselves vaccine mandates. This will also impact schools. And there's apparently a six point plan he's going to be implementing. We don't know exactly what he will be pushing, but it seems like the vaccine mandate will be for all federal employees and anyone who contracts with the federal government, which is a lot of people. Now, the federal government doesn't have the power to just tell private businesses that they have to implement these mandates just through executive decision, there could potentially be an act of Congress or a Supreme Court precedent, which creates this blanket precedent or law. But the executive branch does have substantial powers to pressure these private businesses in other ways. In other words, they can effectively mandate private businesses enforce vaccine mandates. Now, I can't say this is surprising. We all saw it coming, even though Joe Biden last year said we're not going to have mandatory vaccination. Sure, at which at, at, at this point, I don't see why anyone would believe this would not continue to escalate. I've long said in reference to the street violence and the authoritarianism and the escalating wokeness in this country that it seems like we're on track for more escalation. And, and I'll entertain this idea like maybe this is it. Maybe this is the end. Maybe this is where they finally say, OK, we've gone too far. Let's stop here. This is good. But why would they ever do that? They've never done it before. And the issue now is that it's happening with, well, an increasing rapidity, isn't it? The more they implement these policies, the faster they implement these policies. 
Now, I oppose vaccine mandates because I do not believe the government has the uh, they don't know your private medical history. And the problem is, it seems religious and medical exemptions are meaningless in this capacity. Now, certainly there is some argument about, oh, you, you got to get certain vaccines, the you know MMR uh, a schedule if you want to go to schools. And I certainly understand that. These are very, very old vaccines, however. And to be fair, I think there's still an argument for requiring vaccines in certain circumstances. You want your kids to go to a public school? Well, then maybe your kids need to get specific vaccines that are seriously impacting the school. I'm not convinced that COVID right now is having that impact. But you know what? It's an argument about freedom in the bigger picture. We don't mandate vaccines for access to public accommodation. We don't mandate identification to go to a Starbucks. That is what they are implementing. And it's very, very different. This will lead to extreme medical discrimination. And this is a hard line I think many people need to push back on. In New York already, there's no medical or religious exemption. They don't care if you're disabled and unable to get the vaccine, you're out. But more importantly, the vaccine mandate applies a very strict pressure on people when they have to make difficult decisions about how to take care of themselves. And what I mean by that is just because they don't have a strict medical exemption doesn't mean they aren't facing down a very serious medical decision, which the state should not be involved in. Surprise, surprise. I'm also pro-choice. How about that? Now, these, these people on the left who are advocating for the stuff, people like Howard Stern, don't seem to understand that they have a cognitive dissonance when it comes to issues of government intervention and medical practices, but it is a problem. I'll give you a quick example before we get into the very serious problem of elitism and how uh, people with power will be exempt from this. Let me just say the the FDA Pfizer vaccine insert for community, the FDA approved vaccine, says they have insufficient data to assess the risks to pregnant women. Of course, doctors are telling people that it's safe for pregnant women, and that may be the case. But what if someone says, I want to see the sufficient data? It doesn't exist, and that's from the FDA. That's still a difficult decision a person has to make on their own. And if you make the wrong choice, you would be excised from the economy. This is very dangerous. It's going to create medical segregation for people who are going to have lack of access to public accommodations because they have to make hard choices the government doesn't quite understand. So I'm not a fan. I believe in individual choice and informed consent. But here we go. The bigger problem I see is that police, first responders, medical professionals, the people who create the biggest problems and who have powerful unions will be exempt from this. But you, you won't be. We've already seen what happens with Gavin Newsom and these other Democrats. Oh, they say we got to have mask mandates and we got to have these policies and they go out and violate them. The government should not be able to implement these things because we know they will violate them themselves and we are seeing too much power be centralized. But let, let's read through this and see what's going on before I just rant too much about that. And we'll break this down before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member and you'll get access to exclusive members only content. For now, it is special segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, but we do have a new show, The Green Room. We have the Mystery Podcast and we have a Dungeons and Dragons show in the works, all of which will have members only content components launching our own subscription media service takes some time. So, you know, for now, your your membership funds our journalists, the reporters we have on the ground in New York, covering a ton of stories, as well as granting you access to the existing members only content, a massive library. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. My friends, if you're listening, sharing this is the most powerful thing you can do. If every single person who watched this shared it right now, we'd be bigger than CNN 
overnight. And, you know, I say that all the time, but the truth is people still don't share. But that's 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 fine. I don't if you don't like the show that much, if you don't like my work, then by all means, don't share it, I guess. But if you do and you're a regular listener, I would ask that you do share it. It really helps. Let's read the news from The New York Times. President Biden is expected to impose new vaccination mandates in a speech on Thursday. So by the time many of you watch this, he, is, he, he may have already made these announcements. But I want to get into the core of what this means, not just talking about what Biden is set to do, but what the ramifications will be. I have a bunch of articles I want to show you. Take a look at this. First responders nationwide resist COVID vaccine mandates. We have this one. Dozens gather in Portland to protest vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. We have this story. New York City Teachers Union continues negotiation over vaccine mandate. And in Portland, police have been exempted from the vaccine mandate. Pay attention to how the power structures use this. But let's quickly go over what Joe Biden is planning on doing. The New York Times reports President Biden is expected on Thursday to impose new vaccination mandates as part of a broad plan to put pressure on private businesses, federal agencies and schools to enact stricter vaccination and testing policies as the Delta variant continues its spread across the U.S. The spread of the highly infectious variant has pushed the country's daily average caseload over 150,000 for the first time since January, overwhelming hospitals in hard hit areas and killing roughly 1,500 people per day. Mr. Biden, who was briefed by his team of coronavirus advisors on Wednesday afternoon, is set to deliver a speech at 5 p.m. Eastern that will address about six areas where his administration can encourage or at this point push more eligible Americans to receive vaccines, according to the White House. Officials offered few specifics, stressing that the plan was still coming together. But two officials familiar with the plan said that it would include new federal requirements for vaccination and that its underlying message would be that the only way to return to some sense of normalcy was to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Quote, we know that increasing vaccinations will stop the spread of the pandemic. We'll get the pandemic under control. We'll return people to normal life. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, told reporters on Wednesday. That's what our objective is. So we want to be specific about what we're trying to achieve. Now, I will point out maybe a little premature because we haven't heard what he said, but they had been discussing vaccine mandates for interstate travel. I don't think that would happen. You know, maybe I'll have to eat those words if an hour after this video comes out, they announce they're doing just that. But I think that would be the apocalypse for this country. You know, where I live, we're in a tri-state, Virginia, Maryland, and West Virginia. We have to move between all three states every single day. You want to go to Walmart? Well, you got to jump over the state line. It just as a bridge. You got to do it. If they were to implement something like this, it would mean that uh, there, there's people who are going to be unable to go to work unless, of course, they get the vaccine. But what about people who have medical, religious or just general concerns. They want, they want more long-term information. They want to talk to a doctor. They want to have, have informed consent. And there are people who can't do it for religious reasons, which is protected by the Constitution. And there are people who have medical uh, issues preventing them from getting the vaccine. How will they be able to work? So I don't think that's the, that's the case in this regard. But you got to understand when the New York Times says they have the ability to push more eligible Americans to get the vaccines, let's break down what that could mean. They say things like in New York, they have, a, they have a hard vaccine mandate. If you want to go to any public accommodation, for the most part, I believe any public accommodation, you have to have a vaccine and you have to have proof and an ID. Now, that's a hard vaccine mandate. But in some places, they've just said, OK, well, we're not going to mandate the vaccine. But if you want to go inside certain buildings, you know, those require vaccines. Now, personally, I would say that is a vaccine mandate. Any area of the commons that requires you to get a vaccine means the government has implemented hard vaccine mandates. 
What I mean to say is what they're saying in the New York Times is that pushing someone to get a vaccine is to say, New York isn't forcing anybody to get vaccinated. They're simply saying, if you want to go in a building, you have to be. You see, that's pushing people to get vaccinated because, of course, no one's showing up to your house and forcing you to get an injection. No, just if you want to participate, you can choose to participate. That's where they play semantic games and we need to pay attention because the New York Times may be saying that they're not being specific enough. They go on to say, Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The FDA's decision last month to grant full approval to the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine has already prompted the Pentagon to require members of the military to be vaccinated. Mr. Biden said at the time that the approval should sweep away any lingering doubts about the vaccination and spur more mandates. Wrong. Sorry, that's just wrong. The FDA has absolutely approved the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine, specifically under the brand name Comirnaty which I don't believe has been released yet. However, the FDA says that the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, mRNA, and community are identical. They're, fun- they're the same formula and can be used interchangeably. It's, it's a weird legal distinction when they say community is approved and the Pfizer-BioNTech is EUA, but they're the same thing anyway. And I think this has more to do with how the FDA approves brand drugs, whatever. I honestly have no idea what it means beyond that, but it is it is interesting to say to, to, to you know to, to to say that this should sweep away any lingering doubts. FDA approval does not cover pregnancy risk nor long term effects, and you're not going to hear that in the mainstream press. They're going to say, "Oh, it's FDA approved. Everyone should be good with it now." And it's like, well, people have been saying for a long time there's no studies on long term effects because there couldn't be. It's it's too new. What, what are you supposed to tell people then? I mean, when it comes to a lot of the other vaccines, especially, look, I, I always tell people this. I got like five vaccines in one day when I was working for Vice. But these vaccines had been around for, for decades and people knew the long term risks. Personally, I don't think we're going to see very serious long term health effects. And personally, I think that the reason we're seeing so many adverse reactions is because we're dealing with, you know, vaccinating 150 million people. Of course, then you're going to have a, a large amount of of adverse reactions because vaccines have adverse reactions. But I think we got to pay attention to like per capita. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So I always just tell people to go to their doctor. But I typically I'll say this. I think the vaccines are safe and effective. I do. Effective is a challenging thing to say simply because we've seen efficacy be uh, dropping recently and Israel's doing very, very poorly. That is not to say that I think the vaccines are uh, end all cures. I I don't think so. I think we're going to see variants. I think we're going to we're going to struggle with this. And that's why I'm against the mandates. And that's why I think we have to figure out how to just get back to normal. 
I want to say something before I get into, you know, all of the very serious ramifications and the hypocrisy from Biden. I think COVID's terrifying. I really, really do. I can't live my life terrified, though. We had uh, Pete Quinones on the show. And in the members only segment of Tim Castile, he was talking about getting COVID and how it's actually scary. Like he said, you know, he felt like pain behind his eyes. And then all of a sudden he couldn't get through a conversation without getting winded. He could feel it in his lungs. And I'm like, I've, I've seen the stories, the people ending up on ventilators. I know people. We've had people on the show have ended up in the hospital. It is, I think it is foolish to assume that this is a whole lot of nothing. I think this is serious. And I think we need to pay attention to long-term health effects, which have been in the media. I'll tell you two big problems. One, regardless of that, we cannot live in fear and we need to figure out a surgical approach to this to allow our lives to carry on without implementing mass government restrictions on people that violate their religious practices or, 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 or medical decisions. And the other thing is, I don't I don't I think this is going to be something that we're gonna have to learn to live with. I, I think the idea that we're going to get to zero is just it's, it's not it's not possible. That's my opinion. Now, ultimately, whatever you end up choosing to do is between you and your doctor. So I don't know what else to tell you other than that. But I can show you this. Biden said December 4th, 2020, he won't mandate getting COVID-19 vaccine or wearing masks. This is back in December. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I think masks have to be made mandatory nation. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I will do everything in my power as president of the U.S. to encourage people to do the right thing. And when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. It's a big leap. And I'll tell you why this is another reason why I oppose the mandates. Biden back then said no mandates. Now he's saying mandates. Australia is building camps. They've already built camps. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and just say, keep implementing more and more restrictions, curtailing people's freedoms for something that we're struggling to get control over. The vaccine seemed to have a reduced efficacy over a long period of time to the point where Fauci and Biden are discussing a booster every five months. We know that natural immunity is better. There, a Bloomberg reported this, a new study came out. And we know that people who have gotten sick and get vaccinated apparently have a really have great immunity. That's also been uh, studied. However, natural immunity being good and younger, I, I think we're not approaching this from a rational standpoint. I think we become an irrational, silly people. I think you have this uh, insane fear about children getting sick when children are not getting sick from this for the most part. There's been, I think, 350 deaths among people under 18, which is bad. We don't want it to happen. But why then do we want to just blanket restrict everything? I'm not sure we're going to find our way out of this one. Why? Because this is a country, we live in a country of cowards. I'm sorry. It's true. I'm not calling you a coward. But we do live in a country of cowards. School officials are scared to push back. Politicians are scared to take responsibility for deaths. So when a pandemic hits, we have all of the people saying, I'm going to pass the buck, not take responsibility for this. It is easier to lock down. Then you can't blame me. Instead of a real leader saying to the American people, you know what? It's going to be bad. But I do not believe the solution to this problem is to do what Australia did and build camps and bar people from going outside. I think that leads to more destruction and ultimately more pain, depression, and death. We have to understand vaccines are available. Booster shots are available. There's, there's a, a monoclonal antibodies. There's research being done on other treatments. Perhaps young people, as we've been saying for over a year, 
can get back to work in the economy. We protect the vulnerable and we work towards therapeutics and vaccines and improving this as we go. Right now, mandating this, I think will just make things worse. And I understand you're saying, oh, but, you know, uh, if, if you're saying the vaccines are going to make this better and they work, then why not mandate them? Because we cannot be a country of just giving the government more and more authority and, oh, and, and bypassing individual uh, circumstances. Otherwise, you just create despotism. I don't think my friends who are medically unable to get the vaccine should be made second class citizens. And you know what? Here's the other big picture here. A lot of people are upset over this and they're refusing to get the vaccines and they're being granted that leeway. The AP reports first responders nationwide resist COVID vaccine mandates. Cops, EMS, firefighters. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think the government's just going to be like, well, uh, OK, we'll fire, fire all our cops? Nah. We did see the defund the police attempts, but I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that the private sector is going to be rocked by this and the economy is going to be seriously damaged. Joe Biden's going to come out and try and pressure private businesses. They could end up losing everything more than they've already already lost. Take a look at these stories. I, I did highlight them. You've got protests over health uh, mandates for healthcare workers. New York City's teachers union to continue negotiations over COVID vaccine mandate. And here's the latest update. In rare cases, New York City will allow for exemptions to coronavirus vaccine for teachers, Mayor says. That's right. The unions win that victory. Will you have that same leeway? Of course not. The teachers union is powerful. They impose ideological uh, ideologies on children. The state seems to like it. And parents revolt when their kids can't get into schools, so they win. But what about you? Donut shop worker, accountant? Of course, you don't have that same level of power. You can't negotiate with the city. When the city says that your accounting firm must have a vaccine mandate, there's no union to argue against the city. Teachers, police officers, government employees, their unions negotiate directly with the government. So they'll gain that power. Here's your example. In a story from KGW8NBC, Portland drops vaccine mandate for the police after state says officers are probably not eligible. Oh, there's an excuse. The city announced on August 30th it would require all city employees to be vaccinated or risk losing their jobs. The city initially interpreted Governor Brown's orders requiring all healthcare workers in Oregon to be vaccinated to legally include police officers who receive some medical training. But new guidance from the Oregon Health Authority, first reported by OPB, said police officers are probably not covered under this rule because, for most of them, providing medical care is not a fundamental part of the job. Because of that update, updated guidance, the city will not apply the mandate to Portland police. Not everyone is reading the guidance in the same way. Multnomah County, which has also issued a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for its employees, including sheriff's deputies, said it is still assessing the guidance and has reached out to the governor's office and OHA for clarification. Quote, we strongly believe that everyone should be vaccinated, especially those people who work in close contact with vulnerable Oregonians. We believe vaccines are the key to ending COVID, a county spokesperson said in a statement. I got to be honest, I don't think so. I don't think COVID will end even with vaccines because of the reduced efficacy we've seen over time. The boosters may help to a certain degree. And interestingly, you know, we, we had, we had uh, Pete mentioned to me on the show, and he's talking about the state being wrong, and he's very critical of the state. He got COVID. He mentioned that um, he knows people who have been vaccinated didn't get sick, and he knows people who weren't, who did. 
I just don't think there's a grand conspiracy the way a lot of people think. I think vaccines were made. They were rushed out. Trump is the one who started Operation Warp Speed. I think the vaccines work for the most part, but I think it's, it's, it's a virus that is rapidly spread because it's novel and it, and it mutates and then you get variants and then vaccines become less effective. And then what do you do? It is a scary virus with long-term health effects. Sorry, I don't think going full V for Vendetta solves the problem. I just really, really don't. I think that's a big mistake. Ultimately, take a look at this. They're going to mandate for you. They're, are they going to mandate for, for police? They can't, they can't stand to lose all these cops. Sorry. Here's what we're seeing when it comes to these mandates and why I'm strongly against them. CNBC says, United Airlines staff who are granted religious exemptions to vaccine will be put on unpaid leave. That's right. Oh, they're not going to fire you. They're just going to put you on in, uh, a, a temporary unpaid leave. Yeah, you won't work there anymore. How about that? CNBC reports, United Airlines employees who are granted exemptions to a company vaccine mandate for religious reasons will be put on temporary, temporary unpaid leave starting next month. The airline told staff Wednesday, citing the recent rise in COVID cases. The airline last month said, said its 67,000 person U.S. workforce must be vaccinated against COVID this fall, but said it would consider exemptions for religious and personal beliefs as well as medical reasons. Airlines approaches to encourage vaccination of their staff have varied. Delta Airlines is imposing a $200 surcharge on unvaccinated employees' company healthcare premiums. Delta, AA, American Airlines, and Alaska Airlines will end pay protections for unvaccinated employees who contract or are exposed to COVID. United said Wednesday if an employee's request for religious exemption is denied, they must be vaccinated within five weeks of the denial notice and get the first shot by September 27th, or they will be terminated. Pilots, flight attendants, gate agents, and airport customer service agents who interact with customers who are granted those exemptions, can return to work once the pandemic meaningfully recedes, United said, without specifying the time frame. Does anybody really think it's going to recede? Australia is planning to build more camps. Those camps will not be up and ready until mid-2022. They aren't building camps for people who are going to be infected right now. Those are already built, which means they expect that after mid-2022, they will need quarantine camps to house up to a thousand people. Well, that sounds like the pandemic in full swing. It sounds like with the constant variants, like the mu variant, this is never going to end. We got lambda, we got epsilon, we got mu. It's just going to keep happening. That's why I'm saying, I don't know what the solution is, but is hiding from this the solution? Perhaps there's a darker reality here. One that I think people should consider. A lot of people think that it's, you know, politicians exploiting a crisis for power. I think that assumes the least a bit, uh, least amount. But now with these new documents about the lab leak, about the NIH funding gain of function research, is there a possibility that the government knows this is more serious than they're letting on? The mutation is part of the uh, is, is part of what they were researching, that this is a highly infectious, deadly, uh, mutagenic disease, that if it gets into the greater population, that things would get really, really bad. Where's that conspiracy theory, right? That this was gain of function research out of control and we have to undergo this major lockdown. I think it's irrelevant. I think conspiracy theories are irrelevant. And I think lab leak is irrelevant. I really do. Now, certainly it's relevant to the extent that we are researching the virus, trying to understand, find a vaccine, find treatments, find a cure, which we don't have. And we want to get back to business. So understanding the origin is very, very important. But I think there should be a hard line anyway that we don't allow this kind of stuff. Take a look at the ACLU. Why the ACLU flip-flopped on vaccine mandates. 
The historically libertarian organization now says that strict public health measures must uh, protect freedom rather than limit it. Spare me. Hypocrites. No. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They limit freedom. They started taking the, the ACLU has adopted this insane idea that more security means you're free because now you don't got to worry about dying. That's never what freedom meant. That's never what liberties meant. The ACLU has become the anti-civil liberties union. Freedom is the freedom to walk into the woods knowing that there's bears. The bear might kill you, but you have the choice. Freedom is the ability to uh, smoke pot in Colorado where it's legal. That's freedom. We know the risks. The risks are our decision, not yours. What the ACLU and many of these people are now advocating for is an anti-state where the end result is going to be that, well, you're more free now because you won't die. That's not freedom. I want to I want to ask you something very serious, and I want and, and, and I, I want to point something out. Leading causes of death in the U.S. heart disease. Six hundred and fifty nine thousand forty one people die of heart disease every year. Heart disease is not contagious. It's not. COVID is. So I understand the vaccine mandates. I understand the mask mandates, like what their intent is. It's to stop contagion. It's just, it's, well, the vaccines have be- become less efficacious. And I suppose now it's to provide some protection so that you don't have a very serious bout of COVID. And people like Bill Maher, who've gotten it, but been vaccinated, say like they didn't really notice anyway. That's good news. It's better than losing the ability to breathe, I guess. But that's their medical decision to make. But why haven't we acted so insanely over heart disease? Let me show you some of these data points. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. A person dies every 36 seconds. That's really, really bad. Every year, about 805,000 Americans have a heart attack. Of these, 605,000 are first heart attacks. About 655,000 Americans die. The CDC says 659,000, leading cause of death. Here's the factors. They say, don't smoke, maintain a healthy weight, eat a healthy diet, exercise regularly, prevent or treat other health conditions like high blood pressure. Okay. Why haven't we mandated any of this stuff? I mean it. Like, serious question. Why? I understand why, because of heart disease, we're not locking the country down. But why haven't we forced people to stop smoking? Why haven't we forced people to stop uh, overeating? Why haven't we rationed their food? Why haven't we forced people to exercise? People have the freedom to eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos all day and then get sick. That's just the nature of this country. Now, there's a question, I suppose. One mandate makes money for pharmaceutical companies. And in the other side, a lack of a mandate makes more money for pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, that's a problem of the profit motive. And in that capacity, I would definitely agree with the leftists on we got to make we got we got to eliminate the profit motive from from the medical industry. This is one of the reasons I'm for universal health care, because I think corporations making money off symptoms is a bad, bad thing. And I don't know if we can actually do it, but, you know, and let me point something else out. The majority of people who are dying of heart disease are 80 plus years old, mostly men. 
But people 60 to 79 are also dying and people 40 to 59 make up a decent percentage. 20 to 39, it's 0.6% of people dying of heart disease. It's not too dissimilar from COVID. Most COVID deaths are over, I think, the age of 60, predominantly over 75. And you have a substantially higher risk once you're over 40. People under 40 are at a much, much, much lower risk. Why are we mandating certain, uh, certain things for everybody? Like, I understand contagion, but I, we, we have very strict mandates. We have very strict policies on YouTube. We are telling people on YouTube you can't say certain things or give medical opinions. But you can come out and say, I think people should eat better. Go to your doctor and, and, and start eating, eating right. Stop eating sugars. All of that's fine, even if it might be wrong. But when it comes to other medications, we have very serious censorship, government authority and lockdowns. And I know the response I got from the left when I brought this up was like, it's because COVID's contagious. And I'm like, that still doesn't change the, the core of the argument over if it saves one life, slowing the spread or otherwise. We're dealing with more deaths per year from heart disease. Why aren't we taking actions to stop heart disease? That's my point. If we are mandating things to stop COVID, why aren't we taking actions to mandate things that would stop heart disease? It's a serious question. People say contagion. I say, why don't we mandate old people stop eating Twinkies and smoking? Why don't we mandate that you can't after a certain year? We have a maximum age limit on eating unhealthy food because we don't care if they die of heart disease. I think it's hypocritical. That's my opinion. I'm not, I'm not saying we should have uh, um, contagion mandates for heart disease. No, that I get. I'm saying a mandate's a mandate to save lives, right? Where's the limit? I'll tell you. It's fear. It is a country of cowards. I don't think it's a grand conspiracy. I think you have profit motive. I think you have feckless leadership who says, I don't want to be responsible for increased deaths. And I think you have people saying, I'm terrified of you and don't want to get sick. You have a media exploiting fear to make money, like we learned from the Project Veritas videos, where they were uh, talking about how the COVID deaths were gangbusters for the ratings, which is terrifying and insane. And all of that breeds the perfect environment for people to just hide in their basements, terrified. That's the direction we've been going for a long time. People get scared and they demand some kind of overarching government authority. It's time to stop being scared. It's time to recognize there are risks to life. And if you really want to flourish, we cannot allow centralized authority in this capacity. For now, I feel like that's the direction we're going to keep going, especially with Biden increasing the mandates. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Speaking at an event about COVID restrictions and contact tracing, an Australian public health official said, quote, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And somewhere off in the stars, an Alex Jones gets his wings. OK, this one's really, really funny because Twitter's working overtime to fact check, quote unquote, debunk new world order conspiracies. OK, this is a very, very poor choice of words from this Australian official. But uh, I think we should go through what Australia is doing and why it's particularly a, a, a poor choice of words. Let me just put it this way. Imagine being a country that built relocation camps for people deemed sick or suspected of being sick and then having an official use the phrase new world order. Perhaps there are some of you out there who aren't familiar with the new world order conspiracy theory. 
And uh, there's there's varying degrees of conspiracy theory. I actually think all this stuff is 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 kind of dumb because it takes away the human condition from what's actually happening. It takes away the the reality, as it were. Let me explain. Let me explain. So the new world order. Something Alex Jones, I, I believe Alex Jones, I've not listened to enough of his stuff to know, but it, well, people say that's like up his alley. It's the things he talks about. And I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's correct, but I want to, I'm not going to go through his archives, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the guy who's always been talking about this stuff. The idea is that there is an international cabal of people that are trying to create a one world government of, you know, fascist commie dictatorship or whatever. And that, my friends, Probably an extreme exaggeration. I know there's a lot of people saying right now, but Tim, we know the Davos group, the Great Reset. Yeah, yeah. This is the problem I have with these conspiracy theories is that you take someone infected with rabies and then claim it's a vampire or a zombie. You, you, you get that? So uh, this may be apocryphal, but the general idea is when it came to the legend of vampires, for instance, it was people who had rabies. And so they would be dehydrated, their, their gums would recede, they'd be afraid of water, and they'd bite you. And if you got bitten, you'd turn into a monster too, and they had to purge the monsters. And I don't know that rabies actually does that, it makes people ravenous like they claim, but animals for sure. And so what actually was just this virus becomes a legend about immortals flying around and sparkling in the sunlight and, and, and hooking up with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that's a big leap from... Some dude got rabies and was foaming at the mouth and bit somebody to sparkly vampires, romantic novels and all that other weird stuff. What I mean to say is, are there international interests in a one world government? Well, the answer is obviously yes. That's why we have the United Nations. That's why we have the Davos group. It's why we have the World Economic Forum. It's why we have the International Monetary Fund. That is not a conspiracy. And so what happens is people think there is an evil mustache twirling villain and a cabal of secret elite families. When in reality, it's dominoes falling over. You know, uh, we're building this business here at TimCast.com, right? And there's a lot of things we have to do that are really annoying. And as you're growing a company, and I'm sure many of you have this experience working, you know, opening your own business or running a small business. You start to understand why companies do the things they do. So I was watching 30 Rock. I've been watching 30 Rock on loop because it's a great show, by the way. They would never make it today. And there's one where uh, Liz Lemon, the main character, has to go to a um, workplace. What, what is it? She, she gets accused of harassing uh, employees. So she has to go to a, through, through a seminar. And the HR guy is just like telling her all of these things about how she's deviant and whatever. And I thought to myself, why is it that these companies all do the same thing with this HR guy who doesn't know and doesn't care about what really happened and the joke you made and how it's all over the top and it's impersonal legal requirements? It's really that simple. So what is this new world order? Well, the, the actual efforts that are taking place are business interests. Some guy, you know, becomes a senior VP at a company and he says, we would make a ton of money if we could sell this product in Guatemala. So then he pushes an effort to say, how do we connect this, you know, our country with Guatemala, increase the ties, then you get war. All of these things are pressures in which humans just naturally flow in the direction of. I think Trump was an outlier in this regard because he was like, don't know, don't care, not what I want to do. And you look at a lot of the past presidents, a lot of people blame the presidents for everything. And I think it's fair to point out the office is in, is in charge in a sense. So what I mean by that is, you know, Barack Obama will get elected 
And then they'll be like, here's all the intelligence you now have access to. And we'll go, oh, what do we do? And they'll be like, I guess we do these things. Then you have business interests. You have no bid contracts. You have nation building. All of these companies are providing a natural pressure. That is to say, while there certainly are elites who will have meetings and say, we want to open a factory in this country. It's going to be cheaper. We're going to make more money. That's very, very different from a cabal of cloak wearing individuals who are like, how can we create the one world new world order? We need to stage a pandemic. No, that I don't believe. What I do think happens, though, is you get something like COVID. Novel viruses exist. They happen. It happens throughout history. And then you get exploitation. Democrats at all level are like, how can we exploit this crisis to gain power? We can say we need this is great. We need universal mail in ballots now. So it's more so I don't believe it is. I don't believe there's uh, in conspiracies for the most part. I believe typically pressures are uh, create obvious tracks. That is to say, everything that's been happening, it's predictable. It's predictable. There are individuals who want power. Sometimes they work together. Conspiracies do exist. I don't, I don't mean to say that like, oh, no, there's never been a conspiracy. No, 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 they do. But what I'm saying is I don't think that there's like a secret shadow government or anything like that. Okay, that being said, here's what Twitter says. Unfounded claims about the New World Order conspiracy theory are shared after an Australian governmental official used the expression during a press conference on Thursday. New South Wales chief health officer, Dr. Kerry Chant, used the phrase during a press conference on Thursday. Fact checkers have regularly debunked claims connected to the conspiracy theory. The phrase is commonly used to describe times of change or cultural shift. No, that's not true. New world order typically means two things. A grand cabal taking over the planet or a team of WWE wrestlers or something. I don't know a lot about the NWO wrestling stuff, but I will tell you, my friends, it is it is, it is just so inconvenient, I suppose that uh, 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 they're building camps and they're banning booze for them, for them to come out and say New World Order. Uh, let me ask you guys something. Australian state limits residents of COVID-19 lockdown apartments to six beers per day. Why? What does that have to do with COVID? Why can't you have beers? The reason I say it's unfortunate. Again, I certainly think there are international interests. I certainly think that business pressures uh, uh, and political pressures create this pressure towards creating a one world government system or whatever. Look, I don't think the UN was a conspiracy the way of like, like, like a villainous conspiracy where people are like, how can we control the world? We need a, un- a, a, a an organization to control. No, 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 no. War happened. Someone said, war was bad. It costs a lot of money. And now my house has, I have no crumpets. What do we do? Okay, well, let's get, let's bring everybody together for a meeting. It's, it's not, it's never this deep nefarious thing. These people don't, there's no villains in these stories. They genuinely believe they're good guys. Often they do bad things. The, The communists thought they were good guys. They killed tons of people. So ultimately I just tell you this, this is what humans do. And if we're not conscious of it, paying attention and, and, and in control of how these systems operate, they run out of control and you end up with sweatshop labor, outsourcing of factories, economic crisis and collapse, failure and, and invasion in the Middle East. It's, it's remarkable to me that we as humans can be smart enough to say something like, hey, maybe we should get out of Afghanistan. And then they don't do it. And then exactly what everyone predicted happens. 
So I tell you, if there really was an international cabal in control of everything, I mean, wouldn't they have better control over what's happening in Afghanistan? Wouldn't there be no real conflict between many different countries? Wouldn't, you know, I, I just, I think it's absurd because it, it implies, I suppose, maybe there's Western forces, the NATO alliance, but they're still at odds with China. China still wants Taiwan. The U.S. still says no. You look at Australia and you look at China and they're doing a lot of the same things. But they're also in a, in a, in a, in a potential, like they're also in a brooding military conflict with each other. No, I think this is what people do because you take a bunch of people who have uh, bad values and this is what you get. Over the past few generations, the United States has, has faltered s- substantially, substantially faltered. We have failed to instill values in our kids, the ideas of freedom, independence, liberty, critical thinking. And it's because we decide to take the path of least resistance. You know, how is it that Gen X has become so spineless and terrified of millennials? Boomers are phasing out, they're retiring. And the Gen Xers are like, I'll just do whatever the millennials want because they want money. I want money. I want my apartment. I don't want to have to think about this. And the result is crazy cult-like millennials then go around doing crazy cult-like things. There you go. It's, 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 it, I think it's, it's like the fourth turning, right? No one makes the fourth turning happen. They don't start the wars or anything like that. It's that good times make weak men and weak men make hard times. And so the cycle carries on. Why, now, so look at this story. And then, and then we'll talk about the, the concentration camps they're building. Residents in apartment buildings that have been locked down by Australia's New South Wales state over COVID concerns say they have had their deliveries searched and have had packages containing alcohol confiscated if the amount exceeds the department's prescribed alcohol limit. In apartment blocks locked down by New South Wales Health, residents ha- are having their alcohol deliveries policed in accordance with the department's policy, which allows residents to receive a ration of six beers or premixed drinks, one bottle of wine or one 375 milliliter bottle of spirits, according to news.com.au. Any alcohol outside the limit is being confiscated until lockdown rules are lifted, which is never amazing. According to the report, residents may ask a clinician if they want more than the prescribed limits. So um, new world order, maybe in the lighter sense of what's happening I think it's fair to say, yeah, Alex Jones got a lot right. But you know, my criticism of of Alex always is he'll see a morsel of truth and then he opens it and stretches it out into something that it's not. And that is to say a lot of what Jones has said in the past has come true and he's been correct about. But you you can't, I I think it's wrong to say that, look, what here's a better way to put it. If there really was a great cabal and control of everything, how would this conversation even be happening? They certainly would have banned me a long time ago. No, don't get me wrong. They banned a lot of people and they're trying. But suffice it to say, they don't, the, the, the powers that be, the interests aren't as coordinated as you think, and they don't have as much power as you think, though they do have a lot of power. They're pushing, they're gaining ground. That's all true. But I suppose as the saying goes, if, uh, if we were losing, the propaganda would not be, uh, uh, what's, what's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. Basically, they need the propaganda. If, 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 the, if, if it was, um, I'm, I can't get the quote right. If we were doomed, if, this, if there was no chance of winning, they wouldn't need propaganda. All of this stuff that they do with censorship is because they don't have the level of control you think they do. They just don't. Let me throw it to 
Uh, uh, Tim Cast's good friend, Howard Stern. I'm just kidding, by the way. He's, a, he's an idiot. Howard Stern rips vaccine opponents. F their freedom. I want my freedom to live. Talk about a loser. But this is what I'm saying. Howard Stern is just following a crowd. You know, you wonder how Nazi Germany came to be. People like Howard Stern, spineless losers who demand authoritarianism. Howard Stern is not part of any great cabal. He's just joined the cult, and now he's saying, do whatever they say. I think we need to get into uh, what's happening here with these uh, quarantine camps, though, so I can break down their new world order. You may have seen this video. There's a dude, and he's saying that they're being treated like zoo animals. We're just waiting patiently to be fed. It's like when you shake the, uh, the bag of dog, the dog treats, and the dogs come running. <laughs> waiting patiently to be fed at your quarantine camp. It's like shaking the bag and the dogs come running. I'm going to show you some of these photos, man. He talks about how a woman took a sip of her tea, pulls her mask on a sip tea. The cops said, don't do that ever again. Quarantine camps are being built. Do you think these cops who are enforcing that are part of any conspiracy? No, you don't need a new world order conspiracy. Human beings just do this stuff. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And that's the problem, man. Let me show you some photos. Here's one. Let me, uh, let me see if I can shrink this down a little bit. This is what it looks like when you're coming to get your, when you want to get your food at your quarantine camp and your little corrugated steel mobile unit. They come with these bags wearing these full out, these, these outfits. Here we have a, a, Australia is betting on remote quarantine. Here's what I learned on the inside. And what do they say? They say, it's just for people who are suspected of having COVID or traveling and we need to quarantine to prevent the spread. Oh yeah, really? Here's a guy who's getting tested by the people in the crazy outfits. Now, the funny thing is that uh, uh, China did the same thing. We don't view China as a great bastion of freedom, do we? This is from ctvnews.ca. January 20th, 2021. China builds massive COVID-19 quarantine camp for 4,000 people as outbreak continue. All right. My friends, you just start believing in cyberpunk dystopias. You're in one. Let me, let me, I love, you know what I love about this image? So I'm sure you guys have seen Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, for those that are listening, it's a, it's a meme image of Jeffrey Rush's character. And you know, he's, he has like the pirate hat and he's like, you best start believing in ghost stories, Missy. You're in one. Well, and what's funny about this image is that he's wearing some kind of neon disc hat. (laughs) I don't understand. Like I understand the pirate hat, but let me show you some of these photos. This one's fantastic. (laughs) COVID-19 testing site near Walmart number 908. That's what I like, Pepsi. Like it's a Pepsi ad for a COVID testing site. Here's a this is this is an amazing photo. Amazing, amazing, amazing photo. I don't know where this is. I think it's a, uh, Australia. I'm not entirely no. This might be New York actually. It says a COVID nineteen safety reminder: unlawful gatherings are not permitted. Report non compliance to three one one. That seems like it would be New York, but I don't think this is New York. I've, I think this might be like Hong Kong or something. I'm not. Yeah, I think it might be Hong Kong. No, honestly, I don't know where this is. I don't know where it is. Um, 311, I know, is a New York thing, but I'm not entirely sure of the city. But there are these big, ominous billboards. Unlawful gatherings are not permitted. 
Here's an image of uh, this was, was, I think, Biden, uh, Biden's election. And you have all of these cars in the audience. Very, very creepy. Then there's they show pictures of Antifa. And it's like, OK, I guess. And they have the U.N. defending Antifa. But I really like these signs. Here's this this uh, uh, looks like a train station. And it's a big, big red LED sign saying wear a face covering on public transport. This is look at this. A priest baptizing a baby with a squirt gun. Just patently absurd. Women doing dances, uh, uh, um, adult performances in a drive through. Amazing. Giant billboard staying apart keeps us together. NYC ferry. Masks required while on board. They say uh, masks must be worn between bites and sips. That's right. If you are eating food, you pull your mask up, you take a bite, you pull your mask back down. Creepy stuff. Here's an image of some Antifa crazy person wearing a gas mask and firing an arrow with no tip. You've got riot footage. I think uh, this, these, this, photo, this collection is probably better. You have a person wearing some kind of hamper, like laundry hamper, I guess. It's, it's a big orange thing over their body. It's a, a square, a rectangular shape. And they zip down a plastic cover to protect themselves, I suppose. This is nightmare, nightmare level dystopia. Here you have a bunch of stormtrooper looking like dudes occupying the steps of, I think that's the Lincoln Memorial. Statues being torn down. F- anti-fascists, so they say, holding up a sign saying, we will tread with the communist fist strangling out the, the, the snake. More, uh, more footage from riots. This one, this one's good. Curfew starts at 8 p.m. NYC Governor Cuomo. My friends, we have curfews. We have quarantine camps. We have people hiding, like terrified, wearing full outfits. You've got people penned up in, in the field, separating them. You've got, uh, here's one, police station surrounded by giant cinder blocks and razor wire. Yo, this has been happening all around you. Here's a symposium where it says, turn customers into fanatics, products into obsessions, employees into ambassadors, and brands into religions. We are here, baby. I think, I'm not sure what the church says. Maybe it's the Basilica or something. And there's a Galaxy S10 Plus advertisement hanging on the side of this historic church. Here's an, an image of police forcing a mask on a man. The, 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 the person who posted this says, um, cultural husbandry is the Twitter account. I'm not certain the world we knew is coming back. I am certain that the world we are living in has changed. We can do better than this, regardless of any differences we may hold. Neighbors don't treat neighbors like a bunch of warring factions living in a Huxleyan fever dream. Let me just put it simply, my friends. You best start believing in cyberpunk dystopias. You're in one. We're in V for Vendetta. Brave New World. It's all of them combined, which is my my favorite thing about it. You know, people were like, it's going to be 1984. The government's going to force you to do exercises. It's going to be spying on you everywhere. Other people are like, no, it's Brave New World, right? They're going to manipulate you through pleasure, not through oppression. They're going to give you all the things you want. You're going to be clicking that like button all day and night. No, 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 you're wrong. It's going to be more like Fahrenheit 451. The people are going to demand censorship because they're offended. And then you get people like, I don't know. Maybe the government will just be a fascist dictatorship who will use the fear of a pandemic to gain control, absolute control, and then create exclusion zones like V for Fendetta. And I'm like, my friends, we almost calm down and stop warring. It is not any one of these things. It's all of them combined in different ways. Isn't that the greatest part about it? 
really does feel like we're in some kind of dumb movie or something. I don't know what to tell you, man. But uh, it, it happens. It can happen. It has happened. You look at the past, you can see these things. They happen. And that's why we make these novels. That's why we write these movies and write these stories. We didn't just fabricate the, the idea of dictatorship and totalitarianism. They happen all the time. How did Hitler rise to power? Was it a grand conspiracy with him twirling his mustache? No. It was propaganda, manipulation, people demanding power, and good men doing nothing. To be fair, Operation Valkyrie, I think it was, those dudes tried to stop Hitler. But too many people just said they were scared and they didn't want to step up. And this is what you get when that happens. All that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Well, good people to do nothing because we're inclusive when we're talking about resisting the dystopia. Over in New York, there's a dude putting up flyers. It's on my Twitter. Go to my Twitter, at uh, TimCast. Putting up flyers saying that, like, basically protesting the vaccine mandates. What you need is nonviolent civil disobedience. Now, I'll tell you the difficulty. For Australia, they built camps. And their apologists are defending it. It's really remarkable. It's really, really remarkable. Shout out to uh, Claire Lehman of Quillette for being a defender of fascism and the authoritarian state, who's been saying things like, these camps are necessary. And then putting up tweets being like, look how many deaths the US had. And we've had so few. And it's like, great. If you want to be a state of cowards, scared to live your lives because of diseases and stuff like that, it's your choice. I get it. I understand it. I respect it. It's your country, not mine. In the United States, we understand the difference between security and freedom. We understand that with freedom comes great risk. You want to be free to walk around in the woods? Well, guess what? There's mountain lions and bears. And some people get mauled by bears. Should we ban travel through the forest? No. That's Australia. That's what they're doing. Australia is saying people could get sick. And I got to tell you, man, COVID sounds nightmarish. No joke. You know, the, we had, we had uh, Pete... Uh, Quinones on the show. He's a libertarian guy. And he was telling us in the member segment about what it was like to get COVID. I'm like, dude, that's terrifying. It is like all of a sudden you can't breathe. And I'm like, that is scary. And we saw these videos of people in China collapsing in the street. Yo, I think those videos are real. A lot of people don't believe it. They're like, I think China was lying. No, dude. I think that the alpha variant was extremely potent. And I think that we, the Delta variant, they say, is less potent, but more contagious. And that makes a lot of sense. And I believe it. I, I do. That doesn't mean I'm willing to give up all my freedoms and let them come in and lock everything down and create a dystopia because people are, are worried about what's going to happen. Yo, part of living is the risk of living. It was make, it what, it's what makes life worth living. Rest assured, you will be miserable locked in your apartment. And people are. We see it. Depression, suicide. People are becoming unhealthy. They're gaining weight. This is not a way to live. So what do we do? Get out of the cities, man. For one, you want herd immunity? Stop living in such densely packed trash blocks, concrete blocks. Take responsibility for the food you eat. Find smaller communities, these smaller towns, they do fine. And you got to push back on the winged authoritarians. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Howard Stern says, F their freedom. I want the freedom to live. Calling on the government to mandate vaccines for everyone. Uh, he used to be the epitome of edge, didn't he? And now he is a sad, old, confused corporate shell. Oh, poor Howard Stern. 
I'm sure he can go cry with his hundreds of millions of dollars. No, he doesn't care about you. He cares about money. And hey, welcome to America. More power to him, I guess. But I can at least say this because, you know, we're in America. What a loser. What a sad, pathetic old man. Is that really how you wanted to go out, Howard? Just sniveling and quivering like a pathetic little loser saying just whatever the state says. So edgy, so confident, so powerful to just drop to your knees and lick the feet of the state and your corporate overlords. I'm sure Howard Stern doesn't care about what I have to say, nor does he care about a lot. I mean, the dude's super rich. He's on his radio show. He can do his thing. But let me tell you, you either... You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I always thought that was kind of a funny thing to say, right? It's from the Dark Knight, the, the Batman movie. It's a funny thing to say because I'm like, I mean, is it really true? It, it may be true for some people, but uh, in this case, it is true. It is. And I don't mean in the literal sense, like you literally die. Like, I don't know if they meant that in the movie. But Howard Stern could have ended his career on a high note standing up for his values and saying, screw the cult, screw the establishment. I will always push back. But my friends, you need to understand the reality. Howard Stern was always a shill. He was always a loser. They allow him on TV and on the radio. He made money for them. Shock content was in. And now it's not in. And now you get to see the true colors of the people that you thought once stood up against the machine. I really do wonder what George Carlin would be like today. I mean, you know, we can talk about Jon Stewart, who's still around. He's got a new show coming out. I thought his show was fantastic. Jon Stewart praised Project Veritas on more than one occasion, because when you do good work, you do good work. Even with his opinions, even being a liberal guy, he still said, wow, look at the work they're doing. And he said, journalists, where are you? How are they doing such a good job? And then John Stewart, you know, he retired from his show and the Trump era began. And a lot of people wondered where he'd be. It's hard to say for sure. It really is. Um, John Stewart defended Trump when it came to the 9-11 Victims Fund. And I think that shows he's a man of principle. Now he's starting to come back. We saw John Stewart on Colbert talking about lab leak hypothesis for COVID. And he said, it sounds like a lab leak is where it's at. And Colbert was like, ah, blah, 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 corporate chill. I wonder about George Carlin. At the same time, when Howard Stern was spewing uh, racial slurs and insulting people and being generally offensive, which was acceptable in the mainstream at the time, George Carlin was doing similar things. George Carlin has a bit from, I believe it's 1990, it was, where he just says every single racial slur imaginable. But George Carlin was also the guy who did the seven words you can't say on TV and got arrested for it. And he kept pushing that line. And that is not pro-establishment. This dude was anti-establishment. It's really funny to see George Carlin's early work. So here's what happens. And we'll talk about uh, why Howard Stern is pathetic. Uh, I tweeted that he was a loser. And boy, does that make people angry. I have people saying like, don't mess with Stern, dude. <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm 35. The dude's 67. Is he relevant to me in any way? I don't expect 18-year-olds, for the most part, to be watching my show somewhat now, we do really, really well, 18 to 54 in the Tim Cast key demo. And the Tim, that's the key demo, I guess. But um, the bulk of our, the bulk of yours, I mean, I'd be willing to bet you're a 30-year-old dude, right? Because that's probably the, the average age of the people who watch my content. 
30-year-old guys, um, mostly between 20, 24 and 55, is it? I think it is. But we do have a decent amount of 18 to 24 as well. But our 15-year-old's going to come out and be like, look, I'm 20 years older than a 15-year-old. Are they going to come out and, and start you know, being like, oh, Tim Pool, I watch his show. No, I don't expect them to. Now, what about Howard Stern, who's 67? Am I supposed to care that a bunch of old people are like, why are you being mean to Stern? He's rich. This is what happens. Let me tell you about your freedom, your rights. They exist. They're inalienable. Now, the government can fringe upon them, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. They do exist. So they can come out and try and lie and say, you have no rights and we can do whatever, whatever we want. And they're wrong. They're just tyrants and despots. And Howard Stern goes on his show and says he's mad because the unvaccinated people are making it harder for him. It's like, what, what are you scared of? I'll say a few things. Since when do we sacrifice the old, I'm sorry, the young for the old, right? We have young people who want to live their lives. We have young people who are healthy. Since when do we tell them to sacrifice their, their lives and well-being for the sake of some 67-year-old guy? No, I don't want 67-year-old guys to get sick. I don't want Howard Stern to get sick. Howard Stern's worth a lot of money. So you know what it is? It's that he comes out and he's just trying to say whatever he has to say to avoid getting canceled. That's sad and pathetic. Why would you even want to have a show if that was the case? Let me tell you about principle, all right, for someone like me. We're getting dangerously close to that line where YouTube will probably ban me. And people say, oh, it's not true. They'll never ban Tim. Well, this is one of the reasons we set up TimCast.com. And we have independent membership helping fund my work as well as the shows we do. But just take a look at the conversation around livestock medicine and Joe Rogan. It starts getting dangerously close to the point where you get banned. Why? Because you have to, if, if, if you have particular opinions on scientific data, they'll ban you outright. Howard Stern saw that. And so he would rather be a shill for the state than to actually speak truth to power. Isn't that sad and pathetic? You know, I, I get it. Maybe there's a bunch of old people who are like, the state is the supreme authority and you should do what they say. And those are now the fans of, of uh, uh, Howard Stern. It's like that saying, you know, if you're not liberal when you're young, you have no heart. You're not conservative when you're old, you have no head. Maybe people just as they get older say, but I don't want freedom. I want safety and security. And I don't think that's true. George Carlin went out with a bang. He had a, a really great stand-up special where he said a whole bunch of really offensive things about the government and saying no to the state. I respect that. Howard Stern wants to go out with a whimper, with a crying, defeated whimper of, please, just tell me whatever I have to say. Oh, Howard Stern, you spineless, pathetic jellyfish. The iconic shot is from the New York Post. Shock jock. Typically uh, has typically strong opinions about the swelling list of outspoken anti-vaxxer media personalities, including radio hosts. Quote, when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you know, it's mandatory to get vaccinated? Stern ranted, F them, F their freedom. I want my freedom to live. I want to get out of the house already. I want to go next door and play chess. I want to go take some pictures. Amazing. Recently, I drove five hours to central West Virginia where we played game, board games and uh, we played Cranium 
uh, grabbed beer, played pool. No one needed any masks. There was no mask mandates. I took pictures, went more than next door, went to hiking trails, saw lots of people, went to this, this really great place where you could rent bikes and they had brats and, and, and yidos and things like that. And they had goats and it was a whole lot of fun. And nobody stopped me from doing it by being unvaccinated. So there, 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 there you see it, right? This is the sad, pathetic nature of Howard Stern. I want my freedom to live. What makes you think that when you empower the state to curtail people's freedoms, they would do anything for you? You're confused, old man, old and confused, well past your prime. It's time for retirement, Howard. I get it. You're on Sirius. They haven't. My my understanding is they haven't released. I tried looking up his his viewership numbers. Haven't found them. Um, I know that they say 35 million subscribers to Sirius. What does that mean? YouTube has billions of subscribers. Am I going to be like, I have a prominent show, one of the top podcasts on a network with billions of subscribers. Oh, okay. Howard Stern has has 35 million subscribers on Sirius. Doesn't mean they watch his show. I can't I can't imagine it. You know, he's he's become anti edge. I'm going to show you something. I want to talk about Howard Stern's legacy. Here's an article from the right scoop. Howard Stern says N-word too many times during awful blackface impression that should have lips yelling cancel. I had to remove the image of what he did. The image that he that he produced is so shocking and offensive. YouTube would certainly punish me for showing it. And which puts us in a, in a bit of a conundrum. You see, Howard Stern could say something like they're going to get pissed off at me if I talk about this. But you know what? Some things need to be said. Or he could say, I'll tell you what. On Sirius, they, get, they, they don't want us talking about certain subjects, and they'll shut the show down. So go to my website, and we'll put it all up there. You can see it all. I tweeted it out. So go to Twitter, uh, go to Twitter, uh, my, my Twitter handle, at TimCast, if you want to see the photo. But that's the harsh reality. Now, that, I understand, is a rock and a hard place. And, and, and I sympathize with, with, with this position. Do I just get this video shut down, or do I just say the words... And then you'll have to go find the photo yourself. It's the best I can do. And I apologize for it. And it's not an issue of my principle. It's an issue of being able to say Howard Stern is a pathetic loser. Otherwise, I just don't make the video. No, that's dumb. Now, in this article, they point out Howard Stern did this. Uh, Don Jr. tweeted it out, which brings me to this article from CNN. Howard Stern responds to controversy over resurfaced blackface performance. He says, the issue I did was effing crazy. I'll be the first to admit, I won't go back and watch those old shows. It's like, who is that guy? But that was my shtick. That's what I did, and I own it. I don't think I got embraced by Nazi groups and hate groups. They seemed to think I was against them, too. Everybody had a bone to pick with me. The offensive sketch is from a pay-per-view New Year's Eve special in which Stern and his longtime co-host, Robin Quivers, satirized the Friars Club roast of Whoopi Goldberg in 1993. Danson, uh, uh, it was Ted Danson wearing blackface. And it was supposed to be Howard Stern, I guess, making fun of him, saying things like, oh, I can say these words and these jokes because Whoopi wrote it. Danson reflected on the moment in 2009, calling it a graceless moment. Stern went on to say that if he had a chance to do it all over again, he wouldn't have worn blackface. Lie. Quote, if I had to do it all over again, would I lampoon Ted Danson, a white guy in blackface? Yeah, I was lampooning him and saying, I'm going to shine a light on this. But would I go about it the same way now? Probably not. Not probably. I wouldn't. He continued. That's a lie. The fact that Howard Stern did it and it makes him famous, he wouldn't be here if not for being an edgelord in the 90s. I mean, he's the guy who creates the trope of firing hot dogs at women in, women in bikinis and stuff like that. 
Okay, he was not a good moral guy, and he isn't now. He's a loser. And you want to know why I say he's a loser? I'm not saying that he hasn't been successful. Of course he has. I'm saying that he's got no core, no integrity. He's meaningless. He's a he's a he's a, a, a crap stain on the wall of 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 history. Of course, he had a popular show. Of course, he had popular things. But he was an establishment shill then. He's an establishment shill now. Don't make the mistake of thinking he's changed or evolved. No, he hasn't. He says exactly what makes him money and always has. Edgy comedy was big. George Carlin made it big, among others. Lenny Bruce. And then you get people like him. They rode the wave. But he is just a loser who, who, who just siphoned off of the talent and drive of truly passionate people pushing the envelope. I don't think Howard Stern did. I think he just followed suit and said, people like this stuff. Ooh, I can do that. Look at Sarah Silverman. She's an edgelord too, or at least she used to be until she got canceled for doing blackface. Howard Stern knows this, so he disavows. Sarah Silverman did a blackface sketch. She lost a movie role over it. Howard Stern knows they will gut him and destroy his career unless he drops to his knees and licks their feet and says, please, I'll do anything you say. Talk about a loser. That's what being a loser is. Oh, come on. You made money doing it. Good for you. That's great. I hope, you you know, when you're crying at night, you can wipe away your tears with your $100 bill sleeping in a bed full of money. I can respect the hustle. But for me, you know, I'm more concerned about is integrity, um, honor, you know, the person, the experience, the ideas, money. You know, money can get you a lot of things, but social currency is more powerful in a lot of ways. I'll tell you this. If, if Howard Stern, I, I, you, you, I'll show you the tweet I put up and you can see the division there are desperate people who just desperately want to like Howard Stern. Their response to me when I call him a loser is, yeah, well, well, he's rich and you're poor. Let me show you this. Let me show you. This is really, really funny. So I said, Howard Stern is such a loser in response to a story from The Hill where he rips vaccine opponents. And this is what you get. This guy on Twitter says, counterpoint, Howard can buy a home. And then they show Howard Stern's multi-year deal, which was with hundreds of millions of dollars. Then a tweet from me saying I, de- I got denied a loan for a small, uh, I got denied a loan for a small single family home. And then a story about my news site collapsing. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. My counterpoint was there's a video from April of my million dollar skate mansion. This is what they have. This is their counterpoint. Howard Stern gives up on everything that made him popular and prominent, being edgy, telling the establishment to shove off. And their response is, yeah, well, at least he's rich. I, I, I literally don't care. And that's why I'm rich. I mean, that's the secret. 
If I went around whining and complaining about other people all day and wishing I was Howard Stern, I probably would not be successful. But when I come out and I stay true to my values and speak my mind and do my thing and focus on it, regardless of viewers or money, you become successful. I look, I take, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some advice, right? I'll, I'll give you some of my, my, my perspective and stuff. You know, I was taking a look at Timcast IRL, which is the podcast we do every night, 8 p.m. Check it out. Go to timcast.com, be a member. You'll see a lot of these segments. And we recently, um, our podcast has been breaking into the iTunes top podcasts consistently, like biggest podcasts in the world, the top 250. We, we hit around, like, I think the peak position was 104, which is massive. I never, I don't really expect to be number one. That's not my concern, and it never was. My, I, my goal was never to be Joe Rogan or have a number one podcast. It was just to do things I want to do and have these conversations. I was looking at these numbers, and they've been higher, and they go down a bit. Depends on the season. I think with the midterm elections, the primaries, and then the presidential election in 2024, our viewership is going to skyrocket, but that's irrelevant. When we started the podcast, we were getting only a few thousand viewers, literally only, only a few thousand. I wasn't doing it because I was like, we got to get more views. I got to make money. I was like, I enjoy sitting around talking about the stuff with other people. That's it. And as we did that, the show got better and better and better. I am not going to, I, you know, I can certainly go back and say, you know, maybe I was wrong about that. Um, and, and so for, to, to a certain degree, I can say of Howard Stern being like, you know, look, I did it. I own it. I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say as a product of the times, we did what we did. You know, the content I made for Vice, we did what made sense. I stay true to my values and what I believe, and I won't sacrifice freedom and liberty simply because there's a mob coming after me like Howard Stern would. But I love that their, their, their only counterpoint is not that Howard Stern sold out his values, but that I'm not rich. As if to imply the real goal of my work and your work and anyone else's is to sell out Give up on freedom, liberty, and challenging the machine and speaking truth to power and just give in and take the paycheck. No, I kind of did the opposite. I got, I got hired by ABC News, Univision, and got paid a crap ton of money. And I said, I don't want to do this. I don't care about your money. I want to do things that I'm passionate about and that I believe in. And so I left and I started my own thing. And now I'm doing particularly well. And full disclosure to these people, when they're like, here's Tim Pool saying he can't get a loan for a small sing, uh, single family home. Yo, that's like not my only house. That's the point. The point was that I'm rich. I should be able to just go in and say, I want to get a loan for a house. And they should be like, right away, sir. But they denied me under false pretenses. The point I was bringing up with that was that, and, and again, full disclosure, not bragging or anything. I don't need a loan. Literally do not need a loan to buy this house. It's just stupid to not do eh, within reason. The point was at the time, it seemed like to a lot of people it was impossible to get a loan on, on homes unless you were a massive corporation. That seems to be the problem. And of course, now they're turning that into like, aha, well, you're poor. Dude, if that's your metric of being good and being successful, then you've got problems. And it's no surprise these people shill for Howard Stern, a corporate shill who sold out. Michael Malice says, the first time I encountered Howard Stern was when he had Roger Ebert on his Channel 9 show and was asking Ebert if he ever pretended to be the slave master in bed with his wife. Then there's this. His comments speak for themselves. Howard also enjoyed making fun of how mopey Scott the engineer was, even when his wife was privately fighting cancer. Scott went broke and started to go fund me for medical expenses. Howard, who is worth $500 million, didn't contribute. Scott was fired soon after, after 30 years. 
Yeah, because Howard Stern is a spineless scumbag. I'm not going to talk about the private charity that I engage in, but I will tell you this. You'll probably notice if you ever paid attention that there are um, many GoFundMes that I am giving to all the time. And isn't it really interesting how so many people who are claiming to be liberals or leftists don't give? Bernie Sanders gave almost nothing to charity. He's a millionaire. And then you find out all these conservatives and people on the right are giving charity left and right. It's really amazing how that plays out. Howard Stern's employee was fighting cancer and the dude worth $500 million couldn't do anything for. These people are not on the left. Okay. And I think leftists would agree with me on this one. Howard Stern is an establishment crony corporate shill who will say whatever he has to say to make money. And he has no spine and doesn't care. And you know what? He's probably sitting there like laughing while throwing money in there saying, I don't care what Tim Pool thinks. And that's fine because I don't care what Howard Stern thinks. Okay. The issue is the greater impact on culture and what people think. And Howard Stern is certainly a garbage symbol of garbage in our society. Michael says, He was completely groundbreaking and crossed the line on a daily basis. To watch an old man repudiate that which brought him this to prominence is tragic. That's that's indeed the case. And you can see, you know, all the people who are so upset, so angry. Yeah, he's the loser. Yep. Now, it's interesting. The responses to me are mix, you know, um, mix and match. You've got some people who who are like Howard Stern lost it. And some people saying, no, he's the best. Someone said, you're just trying to be controversial to drum up likes. What? (laughs) I'm pretty sure anybody who's followed me on Twitter is like, yeah, Tim's not trying to get followers anytime soon. It's amazing. I tweet stuff like I'm pro-choice and then I get anger from everybody. I can literally tweet that I'm pro-choice and leftists yell at me and call me pro-life. I had one guy call me anti-vax and pro-life. And I'm like, yo, I literally said last night, mRNA technology is brilliant and amazing. And I think vaccines are wonderful. And I literally said, I'm pro-choice. Yeah, sorry. But these people are insane. They have counter-dependent identities. And so the only way they can view the world is if my guy says something and you're opposed to him, you believe everything that I don't. Because they're insane. That's the reality of, of where we're at. You know, I could easily just come out and be like, I sat down with Glenn Beck two years ago and now I'm pro-life. Hey, look at that. And I didn't. And I won't because I'm just I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this stuff. And every single time I come to the, the, the argument life versus choice, I'm just like, I, I cannot envision empowering the state. I can't do it. And there's interesting things because there seems to be a moral conundrum in some things I can empower the state to do. I'm like, man, that really is difficult to have like, to understand the, 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 the true morality, what is right, what is wrong. It's almost impossible. It's the only thing I can say. Only thing I can say is ultimately in the end is like, wow, you know, honestly, I just don't know. I don't have all the answers. I just know that there's something deep within me that there's limits on. Like, I don't like the idea of people discriminating on the basis of race and gender and national origin. I like the Civil Rights Act. But that also raises interesting questions about gender segregation in bathrooms based on laws about how they treat, you know, women's night, uh, ladies night at bars. I'm like, wow, how do we have a consistent policy position? And maybe we don't. Maybe there's just always going to be some things we accept and some things we don't accept because not everything is identical to each other. To put it simply, just say it, be honest. And I'll tell you the world we live in. The world we live in is where Larry Elder, a black man, can be attacked by a leftist in a gorilla mask throwing eggs. 
and the media doesn't care. People like Howard Stern, they're the establishment left. And these young leftists march behind them. And it's sad, really. You want to talk about universal health care? I'm in favor, for, favor of it. I'm not entirely convinced we can implement it in the U.S. because of people like Howard Stern and because of these crackpots throwing eggs. So I don't know if it can be done. But I, I, I am for it 100%. And I can argue all day and night about why it's great. The only problem, reality is different from ide- ideology. Idealism and realism are two different things. And so long as you have crackpot losers like Howard Stern, who just say whatever the mob demands of them, there's no structure by which we can base new policies. So along with this, Howard Stern is an irrelevant old man. He is not relevant to me, a 35 year old, a millennial, perhaps Gen Xers. You know, I'm pretty sure he's a boomer. Gen Xers probably listen to him. Boomers listen to him. And they're the ones who still who still do if they do. I'm sure there are young people who do listen to him, probably a lot of these establishment leftist chills who are in a cult, who seem to think that if you oppose, like, it's really amazing. They're for mandates and lockdowns. I am not. Therefore, I must be pro-life. No, I'm not. I'm pretty consistent on this one. No vaccine mandates and the abortion law in Texas is bad. Well, there you go. They have no answer for it. I can tell you one thing. One thing I can respect is that even if I disagree with people on the right, seems to be that they'll engage honestly and say, Tim, you're wrong about this. I can go on my on, on Timcast IRL Live and say, I don't think ivermectin is effective. I think there's conflicting studies. I think there's promising studies, but ultimately I don't know. The FDA has not issued an emergencies author authorization, which would not, you know, harm the vaccines in any way. I don't think that argument makes sense. And people simply respond with, Tim, I think you're wrong. And I say, okay, well, I respect that. And if you think I'm wrong, then by all means, go and talk to someone you trust and find a doctor. Isn't it amazing that I can disagree with these people, but so long as I'm not lying about horse dewormer, then all of a sudden they're willing to have a conversation. But the people who follow Howard Stern, they don't live in that reality. And these are the people that are burning this place to the ground. Whatever, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.